Come and dream with me. Hello and welcome to this What Do You Want to Watch discussion of our top 10 personal favourite films of 2023. I'm your host, Ashley Hobley. Join me today, Dylan Blight. Happy to be here. I just ordered Nosferatu off Amazon. Okay, which one? The, f- the original. Like, I, I feel like I should, like, I've ordered it. I just want everyone to know that in this current time, as I'm recording this podcast, I've ordered the original so I can watch it in the first bit of the year. So I'm ready. Um, I don't want to be re, I don't want to be watching it for the first time too close to the new one. You know what I mean? So I want to watch it now. Okay. <laughs> you know? Kicking so off gonna, 2024 in style. Yeah. Gotta the get oldest ready, you know? possible movie. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the new one comes out in the 26th. You know? Hopefully. No, it's definitely coming out. We'll see. It's a it's a Christmas movie. Yeah, I think it's actually about and Nosferatu is actually Santa. That's going to yeah. be a big twist. It's Krampus. <laughs> All right, yeah. So today we're talking about our top ten favorite movies of twenty twenty three. Key distinction for people listening: we're only covering movies that came out in Australia in 2023 shocking because we're an australian we live in australia you don't know you know there's festivals there's previews there's like screeners for stuff you know sometimes we get things early sometimes they just never come out in australia for some reason it's true and also the international listeners as well as we've seen on statistics and that kind of thing so all right dylan do you want to kick things off what's your number 10 my number wait let me ask how hard was the list this year do you, do you feel, feel like it was very easy to compile your list this year, or was it um, a tricky one? I would say, like so I was saying to you before I recorded, I had 25 movies, I knocked out 10, 10 pretty easy. Then I got down to 15. Then I moved, then moving that order, the bottom 7, 8, yeah, not so hard. Top top 5-ish or so was definitely, oh, I don't know, it was, it was pretty hard. Yeah, actually... The answer to the question is yes. <laughs> <laughs> Narry- getting it narrowed down to the exact order was difficult. <laughs> getting the, the, the 10 or- movies. Or- yeah, the order was a difficult. If I, if I could have just had 10 movies and just listed them in alphabetical order, that would have been easier. But <clears throat> that's, that's not how babies. we do this. That's not how we do Yeah, that's, that's for wusses. Hmm. Uh, what's, what's the American thing that puts out the top 10 movies list? Watch my J? No, no. Uh, doesn't matter. IGN? It's pretty big. No, no, it's like a big prestigious thing that puts out like top 10 movies, top 10 American movies. BFI. No. It, it might be. <laughs> no, the AFI or something like AFI. that. AFI, American yeah. Film Institute. Yeah. yeah, they put out the top 10. They just list them alphabetical yeah, order. alphabetically, yeah. Yeah, because there can't be a winner. Anyway, Dylan, what's your number 10? <laughs> My number 10, I'm starting on a, I'm starting on a hot take here. Uh, leave the world behind. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Um, I really uh, the war like obviously this movie came out in December so but I watched it at the start of December when it came out Netflix um, and I was at the time I was like yeah I think I really enjoy this movie like and I could see people like saying it was terrible and all this sort of stuff um, get towards the end of the year and I'm still like you know what I really enjoyed that movie <laughs> like something <laughs> about it just really vibed me and it's just sort of hard to talk about it without spoilers but I mean the plot for the movie is literally um, you got this family it's uh, Julia Roberts Ethan Hawke they're two kids they go stay at like an Airbnb. Um, then the the people who in, own the Airbnb turn up and they're like, man, some shit's going downtown. And they're like, I don't know, are you trying to like rob us? <laughs> um, 
what's going on? And then they're like, there's some weird shit happening. And then stuff happens. Um, But to go into why I really liked it, yeah, spoilers. But I love sort of, let me put it this way. I think, like, after we went through COVID, so it just showed, like, sometimes it's the simplest things in life to get people through, I guess, hard times. I sort of loved this movie's take on that. I guess is what I would say for people who've watched it. And I really like the performances. Um, I overall liked, it's just weird, wacky nature, which I think is the, like the, the non fully explained part is I think why some people don't like it. Cause they want to know what's happened. What is the go? And, and I mean, spoilers, you don't actually find out. I don't think it matters. It doesn't matter. Like it's, that's part of the movie. Like mm-hmm. who is doing this could be anyone. That's the point. Um, Yes, I really, really liked it. I liked the word Charlotte. Um, some really great special effects in it, in particular. There's a scene where like a boat crashes onto a beach halfway through the movie, which is awesome. Um, yeah, that's my number 10. All right. Uh, yeah, my list also, like, hard to narrow down. Even right now, I'm like, do I swap this one with this one as we're talking? <laughs> that kind of thing. But actually compiling a list of, like, like compiling the list of nominees for this year was not a difficult task. There was a lot of great finding movies. finding good movies wasn't hard. No, no shortage. Mm. Uh, so my number ten is Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One. Uh, fantastic action movie. Uh, Tom Cruise knows what he's doing. Uh, of course, you get that awesome you know jump that you know was a, pretty much the advertising for the entire movie. Mm. Um. Yeah, lots of really good spy stuff. Haley Atwell and Tom Cruise have really good chemistry with their back and forth throughout the entire movie. The Abu Dhabi set piece looks incredible, and it's crazy that they had like kind of pretty much free reign of that airport to do whatever they want. Um, even though it's yet yeah, it is part one, it definitely felt like it had conclusion. Um, and yeah, it, it was a really good time. You know, I had fantastic time in the cinema. You know. Uh, one of the other movies I saw twice in this one, actually, so. Really good. So, that's my number 10. Dylan, what is your number 9? My number 9 is Suzume. Ooh. Um, so, film about a talking chair. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> uh, I mean, so the movie is about this girl, uh, Suzume, who sort of, um, she meets this like dude who's a bit older than her or whatever and she's like hey you're like following you're doing some weird shit what are you doing and he's he's closing doors and the doors are like causing natural disasters well not i guess they're unnatural disasters in this case i guess but they're causing disasters in japan um anyway then there's a talking door later in the movie but i mean without getting into all the weird <laughs> the anime type stuff of it it is a movie about uh how japan in particular, I guess, is affected by um, earthquakes and disasters and these sort of natural disasters um, and how that affects people. And I loved that aspect of it and how that's so cleverly, I think, tied into the movie and how characters talk about previous stuff that's happened in their life and these events. And you've got these these areas of Japan that are just... And it's just, it's just... It's interesting yet dark, I guess, like, and the movie shows it, just these massive areas where disasters happen that are just locked off you know be it from world war ii through to 
to, to earthquakes and tsunamis and what, whatever else, like all these areas just locked off and stuff. Um, and yet it's viewed as, and it is obviously, and I would love to go there one day, but it's just such a, you know, everyone views it such as beautiful, idealistic country, but it has so much like, you know, disaster happens there. So um, yeah, very beautiful film, uh, wonderful animation voice acting everything like that so um, i've been dying to rewatch it i know it's on crunchyroll and I've, I've been very tempted just to rewatch it there but i'm keep waiting for the bloody blu-ray to come out as far as i could see it's still a couple months away i'm like god fucking damn it anyway yeah number nine on my list that's crazy that it's still not out in physical media <laughs> yeah it's bullshit like yeah you think that it's been it came out breezily over the year i want to think yeah in my head i know good pick uh soundtrack's really good as well that's the other thing. Yeah, soundtrack. Uh, my number nine is Dungeons and Dragons Honor Amongst Thieves. Whoa. Uh, really, really fun movie, obviously, directed by Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly, who previously did the fantastic and underrated game night. Um, this feels like them kind of leveling up a little bit um, with, you know, the action and the fantasy and the, you know, set pieces and that kind of stuff. Uh a fantastic uh in a year where we've had a great video adaptation of Dungeons and Dragons this was a very good movie adaptation of Dungeons and Dragons um in like kind of the the silly plans that you come up schemes to like get what you need to accomplish and that kind of thing uh lots of interesting creative things that they do but also lots of humor um across the board Chris Pines fantastic hilarious lead has the the bard Michelle Rodriguez uh, you know, she's really great in that barbarian role. Hugh Grant, uh, the great conniving villain. Uh, yeah. It's a great time. Lots of fun set pieces, lots of fun gags. Uh, one of the it's a really good time. M- most underrated movies of the year, I'd say. Yeah. I think a lot of people didn't watch it because the trailers were shit. And they yeah, were, it, and I'll it didn't it. look great, but yeah. it was a great time. It was actually a lot of fun, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Dylan, what's your number eight? My number eight is Barbie. Wow. Um, so obviously one of, if not the biggest, I don't know, who won? This Oppenheimer. Who got the most money? Barbie, right? Barbie um, won. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the biggest movie of 2023 will forever be remembered as the year Barbie released. Uh, obviously the movie's fantastic. It's a lot of fun. Uh, watched it twice. Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling, they're both fantastic as well as the whole supporting cast. Um, it's it's crazy that the movie exists. It's insane that it's actually good. I don't. I will never understand how Greta Gerwig, uh, Margot Robbie, everyone involved, Noah bon- uh, Bombach got this script and idea and everything sort of signed off and made it the success it is. Knowing what we know <laughs> of Warner Brothers now, yeah, I don't. <laughs> don't yeah. know how. I have no idea how this movie happened. It's it's a it's a it's a miracle, really. So, um, yes. I mean, what's there's not much to say about Barbie that hasn't been said. It's it's one. Of, it's the success story of twenty twenty three. It's fantastic, lively, um, insanely funny, just f- full of so many ideas and commitment to bringing the Barbie IP to life in such an interesting way. Um, while honoring it, while also pointing out how, um, like having a I guess a feminist, uh, uh lens to the character and looking at how the character's treated in 21st century and stuff. Uh, very, very good. All right. Uh, my number eight is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Um, you know, James Gunn finally brings his uh, trilogy of films to a conclusion. Um, 
we get the origin story kind of of Rocket Raccoon uh, while he's in peril the entire movie. Um, yeah, this is a very sweet, like entertaining movie. Uh, easily the best thing the MCU has done since Endgame. Uh, just you know, we get to see these characters that we love, and it definitely feels like a conclusion to this chapter of time uh, with these characters. Uh, we get crazy action sequences. We get lots of funny jokes and gags. Um, we get, you know, heartwarming and heart-crushing moments. Uh, it's kind of everything you kind of would want from a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Um, and from, you know, James Gunn's swan song at, at Marvel. So, uh, yeah, this is my number eight. Fantastic movie. Dylan, what is your number seven? My number seven is The Boy and the Heron. Uh, the Hayao Miyazaki film, Studio Ghibli film, uh, it's turned into something more of a, I, I guess, a, a more divisive film. That it wasn't like the, you know, as we spoke about, you don't like it uh, as much as I do. And, mm-hmm. you know, this isn't the like Ghibli film that came out that everyone just beloved and said, yeah, you know, we're a Ghibli film. Um, and I think that is just part of it. Like, this is definitely a lot more, it's a very like, personal film for Miyazaki um it has a lot more it's a lot slower paced it's a lot more thoughtful but also built into being so weird but I definitely just I think the way the film's structured and spends its time to build up to where it gets to and it's sort of it's to me it's just such an obvious thing of Miyazaki being like you know um like it's literally his empire like sort of crumbling but it's okay you know <laughs> life goes on like i it's it's yeah as i was saying like it's hard to talk about another hard one to talk about the spoilers but um i mean from an animation front it's it's pristine as always i love the yep. the, the normal ghibli animation that we get throughout it i guess this beautiful hand-drawn stuff but also the stuff at the uh, start of film like sort of the I don't know the 12 frames a second sort of fire sequence and stuff like that such weird creations of fucking I don't know what are they are. What are those birds? Pelicans? No, no, the thing's a pelican. But what are they, I don't know, the other birds no, are trying to kill pelicans. people. Yeah, what are the other birds trying to kill people? <laughs> Whatever they are, they're weird. Like, there's lots of just oddities I mean, uh, spread throughout this. Oh, movie. there was like the parakeets? They're parakeets, yeah, the parakeets and yeah. stuff like that. Um, and then all the other <laughs> characters that are introduced towards the, the, the rest of the movie. The English, I uh, watched it in English as well, in the English voice cast. I think it's fan- fantastic. Robin Hanson. Um, yeah, especially Brock Patterson, who you would never And pick. Florence Pugh. Yeah. And Florence Pugh. I mean, everyone's great in it, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, fantastic film. I can't, I can't wait to watch it again. I, um, yeah, I, it, it, straight away I knew I liked it, but I, I've continued to, like, find and see other people write about it and who, like, and just break down it more and stuff, and I, I just find it such an intriguing film, so. Awesome. My number seven is Paul Things. Uh... The film about a man who rescues, well, sees a pregnant woman commit suicide off a bridge, takes that pregnant woman, takes the baby out, puts the baby, the brain of the baby into the woman's body and then brings her back to life. And then we see her life. That's what that movie's about? Like- <laughs> that is what, that is what you, you didn't know. I did not know. No. That is the jumping, kind of the jumping off point. I literally had no idea what the movie was about. Um, yeah, and then it's the story of this woman kind of learning, discovering herself, her body, her, about the world, uh, you introduce Mark Ruffalo as this crazy, uh, you know, womanizer who, you know, takes her away on a journey around the world, 
um yeah just a really fascinating story a really brave uh ambitious performance by emma stone um great supporting cast like mike ruffalo william defoe uh it's no what's his it's rami yusuf i was gonna say rami malik and i knew that was wrong um and a bunch of other fantastic you know supporting cast members um in this like uh coming kind of a weird coming of age story of a child in a woman's body but yeah it is really funny at times yorgos lanthimos like does really interesting things with his camera work they've got astounding like sets and also fantastic like beautiful backdrops and that kind of stuff a very interesting like alternate take on a victorian kind of world um yeah just a very fascinating movie that's also you know obviously you know very uh yeah it's a very ambitious movie that uh might rub some people the wrong way but i found to be quite delightful and sincere so yeah that's my number seven dylan what is your number six my number six is john wick chapter four uh what we now can presume i guess at least until it's not the final john wick film uh it is just when you think you know, like, how can you keep making these things? Like, so people get bored of them. It's like, now nah, fuck it. I'm going to make like a nearly three hour version. Um, <laughs> and that's John Wick chapter four, but it does not get boring. Like the, just the commitment to doing such crazy, insane, like choreographed fight scenes that are either hand to hand combat or the way the guns, especially like the way the gun art, I think has been, whatever they call it in this, I have no idea if they had a, a word on set or something for the, what they call the gun stuff in this film, but like the way that's built upon from the chapter three. And then this one is just pushed to another level. It's like gun ballet that makes John Woo jealous, I think. Um, and yeah, I mean, you've got that sequence where it shits to the, the overhead shot, I think is one of the most insane things I've watched all year and probably one of my favorite things I saw in the cinema was the where the camera just swoops up into the overhead overhead one taker um just blasting people left right and center like it's a video game that was I just yeah and, and when I rewatched the movie again I was like it was just again just as exhilarating uh but yeah John Wick to me like that's the epitome of sort of modern day action movies it's there's not much of a story it doesn't need to me but the world continues to be interesting but the protagonist isn't super interesting either he's fine it's like keanu reeves just carries it because he's keanu reeves but it's just the, the like the, the action is like this is how you this is how you do action awesome uh my number six is bottoms the uh teen comedy about two lesbian students who start a fight club so they can get close to their crushes <laughs> or a female self-defense class um a really hilarious movie that's like very subversive and um uh what's the word uh like it's not completely realistic it's a uh um it's a very much a flight of fancy and that kind of stuff um really fantastic performances by leads at a berry and regis not um but the entire ensemble of you know women in that uh, self-defense class really fun uh, as well as Marshall Lynch as the token male uh, teacher or like you know taking care of the making sure the <laughs> the guidance counselor or whatever uh, of the group 
Um, yeah, and just seeing kind of this weird uh, bond between all these women, um, you know, as they, you know, come together for this self-defense thing, um, but also being bullied by the, the high school football team because they think they're encroaching on their territory and that kind of stuff. Really fun movie. Uh, I hope more people watch it. Uh, yeah. One of the funniest movies of the year. Dom, what is your number five? Uh, I'll get into number five, but I just want to say, no crossover so far. Yeah, I know, Chris. Which uh, shows that, yeah, such a variety of films for the year. So. Uh, and I don't think we're going to have a crossover here because my number five is Talk To Me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will spoil. It's not on my top five. I'm sure. Not on my list at all. It's not on your list at all. It's crazy. Um, the Australian horror film that took the world by storm, I guess, in, uh, mm-hmm. in, in the past 12 months. Uh, the Filippo Filippo uh, brothers, YouTubers, turned horror filmmakers, uh, made a film, did it in Australia, even though they probably would have had more money if they chose to go against that, but committed. They're like, we want Australia. We want Australian accents, everything like that. Um, they commit to their vision. And it's, it's I'll say this, it's concept is unique, like with the embalmed hand and everything like that. Um, but like outside of that, it is sort of like that thing of, okay, it's possession, like sort of talk to ghost movies and stuff. But I, th- I think the reason that a lot of people in Australia, myself included, but also outside of Australia, like it is because it's, it's like that just, just has having that Australian vibe just does make it stand out a little bit different than if this was just a typical American horror film, like having, these the types of people in the film the actors the the people on screen are just different than your typical american teenager cast and that makes it stand apart straight away but yeah i mean there's there's some really great moments in this film there's some really great performances in particular uh sophie wilde is committed as old fuck to this role and gives a terrifying um performance when especially when she's possessed i guess and talking as the talking as another person when holding onto the hand and stuff uh but yeah i mean i can't wait for another one i don't know who'll be able to hold up the same success that's my only worry i guess it's that whole thing of like okay you've done it once now do it do it again sort of thing but um i really hope they can because yeah this was it was just such a a fantastic film and just to watch the success it's had as as uh, been really really good good to to see as well and support um like watching that did i ever share that video of you the the one where they like the they go to um sundance and everything like that no i don't think so no like even if i know you don't care to watch this film but i would highly suggest watching they got a video on the youtube channel yeah, behind the um, scenes yeah behind okay. the scenes where they go to sundance the actors like they're just roaming around being fucking like you know they're po- they're doing silly things. They're just being their regular self, uh, Danny and Michael, and the cast yep. and everything like that. And then you get to hear their reaction when A twenty four says they brought the film, and um, they yep. tell their parents and everything like that. It's, it's it's yeah, really really great, wholesome sort of content. So awesome. My number five, Spider Man Across the Spider Verse, uh, takes what they did with Into the Spider Verse and takes the animation style and uh you know ambition to the next level i mean the opening 10 minutes with uh spot in spite of glenn's world um could it be its own short film and i would have happily paid 20 bucks to go see it um 
but then you get also get this uh, very personal story with Miles and his parents and about growing up and that kind of stuff uh, before you get into the all the action of the, the Spider-Verse, you know, uh, crossover stuff and, you know, all the uh, nods and references and everything is, like, incredible <laughs> to look at. All these spider people, like, populating the screen and all of them obviously are based on something and from somewhere. Um, all the little cameos and that kind of stuff and kind of did a really good job of kind of tying everything together um, in this one big action set pieces and kind of explain why Miles would be at odds with with everybody else. Um, really great performances uh, across the board. Uh, but yeah, the animation is kind of the, the, the big star here because it just looks, every frame looks incredible. Uh, everything, you know, everything looks absolutely spectacular um and yeah even though it ends on a cliffhanger which is something that upsets people because it hasn't been done very often in in cinema um i'm i'm very keen for the next one because you know if it can live up to what this was i'll be very happy so that's my number five dylan what is your number four my number four is killers of the flower moon can you spot the wolves in this picture? Uh, I rewatched this film <laughs> last night. Uh, so I've watched it twice it now. It just dropped on Apple TV Plus. Just dropped on Apple TV Plus, indeed. Just um, in time for this time. Just in time. As soon as Academy Award nom- uh, nomination voting opened up, they it's dropped crazy on how, Apple TV Plus. crazy how these What a coincidence. Come. It's crazy. Uh, fantastic film. I full of so many... Uh, so everyone, everyone is phenomenal, like performance-wise. Uh, it's shot fantastic. It's from a master of his craft, Martin Scorsese, of course. Um, but yeah, like just watching it, especially the second time, I'm just like the whole movie. You're just like this, this Ernest Burkhart, Leonardo DiCaprio's character. You're just like you're a dumb motherfucker. You're an idiot. You're you're an absolute idiot. And I think Leo Leo just captures that so perfectly, and it's great to watch it the second time around. Um, Lily Gladstone Molly is phenomenal, well deserving of every award she's uh, getting nominated and potentially can and may win um yeah it's just such a sad movie i guess is the other thing like but I, I i just definitely feel like between this and like a couple of years ago when watchmen the tv show coming out like both covering sort of these like hidden parts of american history um you know between tulsa massacre and and the osage nation in this and the funniest thing is that the the i just can't get over how the tulsa massacre is shown in this film um, yep. something that they're watching like these intellect interlinked uh events of american history they're sort of covered up and never talked about and you and then you hear about them and then you you know people turn them into movies and tv shows or whatever and you're like this is crazy how haven't heard more about this and it's like well we know why because no one wants to um america does not like they don't want you to remember that that's what they did yeah they don't like talking about um i was watching a t- quick side tangent i watched trevor noah trevor noah's new stand-up on netflix last week and he okay. actually had a whole bit in that where he went to um germany and was saying how you know they're very much like yeah yeah, yeah we we like the, everywhere you go they're like yep we did shit we bad like we're so sorry yeah. everything like we own it and he's like america nope like america's like just covers their they they the dirty laundry up sort of thing it's like just it just bury that shit so and i mean watching stuff like this is just yeah makes it even more so evident but um yeah it's a fantastic movie i especially again think getting to the end of it and just scorsese's choice to 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 read that part at the end after reading the interview and why he did that um i was like yeah that makes perfect sense and like you know because it's like profiteering off such these events and 
um him having that last moment i think after reading that interview of him a couple weeks back i was like yep that's that's makes that moment even more impactful for me so um yeah fantastic movie by some of the best actors of all time with one of the best directors of all time what's there not to like my number four sees the first crossover of alice my number four is barbie um yeah, what Greta Gerwig was able to accomplish here is incredible. Like every, um, every pe- thing on screen, it looks, fant- especially in Barbie world, looks fantastic. Like obviously the huge Barbie dream houses and the, all the sets and all the pieces and the incredible amount of pink and everything in there. Um, I don't know. I feel like we've been joking about what this Barbie movie is going to be for like several years in the lead up. Like, uh, what are they going to do with a Barbie movie? What can they possibly? Mm. What can the story possibly be about? And then they tell this really lovely story about, um, you know, feminism and learning to be who you are and respect for other people and, you know, self-worth and all these different elements um, with a lot of, like, really weird jokes that, you know, aren't necessarily going to hit the target audience. Um, and, like, a Barbie talking about, you know, death and, and cellulite and all this kind of stuff. Um, I think... Obviously, Ryan Gosling, this is the role he was born to play. Uh, well, the role he was specifically written for, but he just brings the Kennedy. Uh, he made Ken a... He uh, almost brought Ken up to the level of Barbie in public consciousness. Um, I think, looking back on it, especially in our spoiler cast, we maybe gave Margot Robbie not enough credit. Like, her arc and the slow humanization of her Barbie over the course of the movie is very subtle and like we probably may not have picked it up uh but seeing like other people respond to it and that kind of stuff is like uh you could see you know and see hearing her talking about it after the strike um you can see like <laughs> the progression of the performance over the course of the film and like very interesting but um yeah so many fun hilarious gags so many beautiful like musical moments obviously the i'm just ken song uh fantastic piece of cinema uh but yeah it's a fantastic movie crazy that it's the number one box office hit of the year um and here's to many more greta gerwig movies dylan what is your number three film of 2024 top three time 23 sorry (laughs) past lives is my number three Ooh, guess what? My number three, Past Lives. Wow, there you go. Crazy. <laughs> Our first uh, actual crossover. Match. <laughs> Match. Um, so the film is a romance, but definitely doesn't fall into any of the typical uh, lines of what would make a romance. Uh, it's about two characters uh, who uh meet in well they grow up in south korea i guess and then you know uh she the the girl moves to america new york right yeah new york yeah. um and then they i was like that's a dumb question all the fucking the, the city and everything yeah. uh new york uh and then some years later they they sort of reconnect and it's this whole thing of you know if our lives have slightly changed would we be together would you not be with this person uh what if i'd done this what if you'd done that what if we you know all these like what ifs um i think the film is just phenomenally a it's phenomenally written but it's superbly acted by it's in particular the two main but also john margo like the, john margo greta Willey, and to uh to you um just the three of them the superb triangle 
between them. The movie in the hands of anyone who wasn't, I guess, Celine Song, um, this could have fallen into being like melodramatic garbage. Um, And yet it's just this beautiful film that just feels like it understands life in a in a way that's real and not in a um in a hollywood fairy tale bullshit sort of way that's so overdone or whatever this is this is just like this is life this is this is how life is and mm. you can't answer all the questions and you can't change things and whatever else but yeah a phenomenal film that we got to watch together so there you go yeah the only, <laughs> the only movie we watched together <laughs> crazy um yeah a fantastically performed film. Uh, obviously, you know, it's, it's autobiographical, but uh, Celine Song, uh, which adds so much like depth to it, and obviously, you know, um, adds a personality to it. And, you know, why, while it is still, it is kind of very specific to this one person about her life experience, it does tell a very universal uh, story with very universal themes about, you know, I mean, I've seen a lot of people online talking about what the actual movie is about and like uh, specifically saying people don't like it because they're reading it the wrong way of it being, you know, a movie about lost love and a missed opportunity um, where it's like more a movie about coming to terms with who you are and the past relationships and, you know, how how I you mean, got to where you are and that kind of thing. It's funny that the, the relationships in this in um, past lives actually reminds me of the relationship from La La Land. Mm. How that Similar ended. sort of, yeah. And that's yeah, not meant to be that. sad. It's not meant to be sad at the end. It's just no, because it's just, no, it's just you know, life. that's how no, life works just, out. Yeah, they're not sad. They're not angry. They're just they're happy for one another. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, um, yeah. It's just beautifully told. Like, obviously, it's told over this, these separate three separate time periods, but you know, it all flows together very well. Um, I'd love the like the the relationships between all three of the characters, like. I think is really well done and like the two men like not being at odds at it with each other and like there's no like animosity or anything mm. on, you know really like different to a lot of other stuff we watch and that kind of thing so yeah um beautiful score as well beautifully shot like that last like tracking shot down the new yeah, york city street to like yeah. to the taxi is like hot like knife to the chest kind of stuff so um yeah, Past Lives. It's a fantastic movie. That's our number three. Dylan, what is your number two movie? My number two is Oppenheimer. Dylan, my number two is Oppenheimer as well. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, Oppenheimer is... Uh, yeah, I've watched this twice as well. Um, it's got all these fucking three-hour movies that came out this year. Crazy. Um, <laughs> fantastic. It is from start to finish with the right sound system, um, ready to rock your balls <laughs> off. Uh, turn turn that subwoofer up, people, because this shit's insane. I'm so glad I got to watch it in cinema. Of, of course, this is this is a, this is a cinema film, especially that the actual test sequence. You know that is loud and fucking massive, and just the the way that builds up and that the 20 minutes leading to that is probably the most I've had. And it's so funny. Like I I was what's the saying? Um tongue in your throat no what you know like holding your breath sort of sort of thing like i just yeah. feel like that the the thrill of that that 20 minutes building up to test i was like sitting there edge of my seat in the cinema mm-hmm. and i know the world is gonna blow up but like it just gets so invested in the film that you you're sort of like oh my god like what if <laughs> you know like <laughs> and i think that's obviously the point is like to portray this 
the the moment in which it was and the it's the hey how can i you know what is the chance what, what are they talking about well there was a slight chance that we just burn the whole world <laughs> you know like yeah what 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 are you asking for? Hundred percent. We we're working theory, you know. Um, Silly Murphy is phenomenal. I'm so glad to see him have a starring role in a um, Nolan film after all this time. Uh, I wonder what this will do for his career. I don't know. Like obviously they just announced. Like it's not that he hasn't starred in stuff before, but not uh, to this degree with a large yeah. audience, especially you know major Hollywood American audience. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they just announced those 28 years later films. So maybe they'll be more popular now. I have no idea. Uh, Emily Blunt is really, really good, even though I can understand how people, some some people wish there was more from her ca- character. I get it, but I still think like her her performance and what her character is in relation to the film is somewhat underappreciated, I guess, especially like her performance within the confines of the, the interview room. Um, and then obviously Robert Downey Jr. is the, you know, absolutely one of his best performances ever, I think, easily um just the cutting into back and, and i mean the other thing of this film is i just don't understand it's it's written so well directed so well and just edited to perfection i think i, I don't the movie just flows in and out between the the weird intercuts of like atomic scenes and you know flowing backwards and forwards to past present and just it never loses pace at all for three hours it's just i don't know yeah definitely one of the best movies here uh I could easily watch it again now and, and and still enjoy it. It's great. Yeah. Uh yeah. Fantastic movie. It on its surface, it should not seem like a fantastic it would be an absolutely riveting movie that millions of people would go see and make one of the highest grossing movies of the year. A movie about a bunch of physicists trying to figure out how to make a bomb. Mm. Um but yeah, Nolan tells a really fascinating story. He's interesting uh cutting of obviously the fission and fusion of like the the story of Oppenheimer and then also the uh you know the also the story of Strauss as well intercut together at various times like all of it kind of seamlessly is cut between each other there's no real moments of confusion that weren't meant to be confusion I guess um this movie has the atom bomb go off at pretty much the two hour mark there's still another hour of movie <laughs> to go after that and that last hour of movie is still fantastic (laughs) about the the way that you know these people tried to bring down robert Oppenheimer, this guy who did all these things for them um but yeah everything in this movie is fantastic all the like all the different build up to different parts obviously the actual explosion of the atom bomb uh was an incredible feat to watch um and then there were so many stellar performances like you said Celia Murphy Emily Blunt uh Robert Downey Jr but then you've got someone like Josh Harnett who we've nobody seen in forever <laughs> have a fantastic role here Benny Safdie is really great in this um Florence Pugh has a really memorable short role Rami Malek comes in uh for one day of shooting and kind of <laughs> steals a moment um you know David Kramholtz uh Jack Wade Josh Peck so many so many people in this movie uh get time to shine um also the actor who plays albert einstein is really good as well and like the way that you know yeah the way it ends as well is so amazing yeah just the just a incredibly told movie acted shot every every element of filmmaking that you need is done brilliantly here so Oppenheimer. dylan what is the your number one movie of 2023 I feel like we're finally going to cross off the 
the duplicate pipes. Um, my number one <laughs> movie of 2023 released all the way back in the 19th of January, uh, right at the start of the year, and it is Babylon. Uh, wow. <laughs> I adore this movie, and anyone who says it's bad, you're simply terrible. Babylon taste. sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I. This is the funniest movie I've watched this year. I've not laughed so much in a movie than in this movie several times over. Um, but then I also teared up at the end. Like, and I feel like this is the, this is the the point. Like the the complaint of this movie is, you know, it's three hours again. <laughs> so many fucking three hour movies this year. It's it's that whole. I you know for the first like half I was really into it, and then I fell off, and the ending's dumb, and all this sort of stuff. I I don't know. Damien Chazelle speaks my soul. I don't know. Is he, he might be my favorite director. I don't, he makes all these movies I love. I just, between this and La La Land, I'm like, oh, I don't know, dude, you're speaking to me. Uh, Margot Robbie is phenomenal in this. This is her best performance in 2023. It's better than her performance in Barbie. I'm sorry. But her, uh, Nelly Leroy, her transformation from this, 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 this girl who walks into this dream house of wild shit at the start of that movie, that first half hour where she's just, fucking coked up and there's an elephant whatever else through to the end where <laughs> she just wants to dance into the night rather than um like and live instead of like trying to change um brad pitt uh and it's such a set such a lively character that has such a sand ed but it's just true for a lot of the, of the people at the time is diego calver as the the you know the i guess our sort of meant to be our, our middle eye middle eye sort of relatable person in the middle that sort of caught between these these two worlds and these stars and stuff um so great fleas in this great <laughs> you know <laughs> phenomenal uh gene smart so fucking good in this um there's so many people there's so many scenes the music is fantastic that i i i cannot like this the fucking spider-man's in this man he's he's on drugs and shit he's there's a scene where he like tricks people into going <laughs> to this weird fucking club underground in the sewers i don't know this movie this movie's very good this movie is my cult film of 2023 i think and i i have put this is the only movie of this year that i can safely say that i have put on random scenes because i'm like i want to eat lunch and i would just watch 20 minutes and gone fuck that's good and then just like left and cut like like i've watched chunks of this movie out of context because i think it's so good uh my number one movie of 2023 is godzilla minus one uh yeah japanese godzilla movie in the middle of us being bombarded with Godzilla, American Godzilla content, um, set in the, what, just post-World War Two, uh, following, uh, a, who was meant to be, a guy who was meant to be a kamikaze pilot who survives, um, survives an attack by Godzilla on an island, goes back home and is kind of ostracized because he was meant to die during the war, um, and starts to build a life with the found family. Um, only for Godzilla to return and try to destroy Japan because that's what Godzilla does. Um, yeah, just a very well-told story, really fantastic action. Uh, Godzilla is beautifully rendered, and like when he does his crazy like nuclear blast, it's uh, 
it's far more impactful than any version of Godzilla I've seen to date. Um, yeah, just a, it, it's really hard to have like personal character human stories around in these monster movies, like especially Godzilla, where you you want to see more of Godzilla, but. I was very happy to be sticking around and watching these human characters uh, surviving in this post-World War II Japan. Um, yeah, kind of telling the story of like come, these people reconciling that maybe the government didn't have their best intentions in heart and like, uh, you know, kind of coming to terms with uh, the war and, uh, you know, all this kind of stuff. All these different themes all come together in this Godzilla movie of all things. Um yeah, beautifully shot, really creative uh, p- plans, I guess, is the, is, uh, the best way to put it. Um, yeah, it, it is a, a incredible film that, you know, was made for what is being constantly described a fraction of the m- amount of money they're using in Hollywood. So, um, incredible movie. Everybody should see it. Will I go see it again in black and white? I might. Alright, so that's our top 10s, but we've got a few honorable mentions, so we'll list them off in this week's top three. Definitely in the top three. Dylan, what are your top three honorable mentions? So yes, I have done top three. It is just going to be my 11, 12, and 13 of uh, my list. So number 11 on my list was Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning part one uh i still obviously really enjoy the mission impossible movies uh part just a little bit pacing because i think of the split not as good as the previous entries especially the one prior to this which is just i think the peak franchise with reloading mm-hmm. muscle arms and everything like that so yeah sort of hard to to, to beat that mustache that, that mustache you know everything like the that. mustache that took down to yeah that's true <laughs> literally true uh the next one i had at number 12 i had the killer so the Michael Fassbender serial killer in which he commentates the entire film acting like he's the best serial killer of all time, but he's actually pretty shit. Um, it's very funny. It's a dark comedy, I feel. It's, I, it I is, laughed, yeah. I laughed several times. There's a part where he shoots someone and just goes, fuck, and I, I laughed out loud for quite a bit. It's very funny. I um, don't know if he's a bad <laughs> serial killer. I don't know if he's a bad hitman. He's just having a couple of bad days. <laughs> You know? it's very it's a funny movie i don't uh, and i it cannot <laughs> no, mean not on purpose purpose it's a funny movie uh and then number 13 i had are you there god it's me margaret a film in which we watched and was like man what is this like everyone's talking like this movie's gonna be good never heard the book what is it definitely not something we uh you know over here in australia i can say that i'd never heard i, I know what is this book i don't know and I, I thought i wouldn't resonate with it but i don't know i feel like it just works like there's there's a it's american um very american film about like moving between new york and like uh where they go like jersey no what the fucking island yeah, I don't new, jersey. new jersey so they move between there. it's like all these like moving between areas and big city and uh, so far away and i'm like it's not that far surely and all all this sort of stuff and then the family life and then all the 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 movies a lot of uh also about growing up as a, a as a, a as a girl and, and going through that and then also religion and all these elements where i'm like i don't like highly relate to a lot of this but just as a, uh, I guess, a human who grew up, it's just that part is enough to get me through how, I guess, relatable this is between the family dynamic. I think that's the thing. Like, no matter if a lot of this stuff isn't super relatable to you, just the family dynamic and just that feeling of wanting to keep secrets or be better and like, just, I don't know, like, it's just, it's a very well-made movie with a lot of funny scenes 
the girl's phenomenal. Rachel McAdams is very, very good as this. Um, you know, she's the the mother wife who doesn't have to work anymore, and she's trying to take on all these things because that's what she thinks she has to do, but she actually just doesn't want to do them at all, really, and shouldn't be. And she's trying to fit into a crowd where she doesn't need to be trying to fit into it all. But um, yeah, so I'd say that was probably my biggest surprise that I liked that film as much as I uh, I did. But yeah, I was very glad I watched it towards the end of the year. That's my top three. Awesome. All right. Uh, so I list my top three honorable mentions. Uh, you know, I'll just say like my 11 to 13. I'm just going to list three films we haven't mentioned so far. Uh, so number three, Elemental. This year's Pixar uh, release. Underrated, in my opinion. A really beautiful immigrant story, but also a romance story. Um, and a really fascinating world with all these different element-based uh, beings kind of trying to coexist in this one uh, city. There's all these like tiny little bits and pieces that you know if you don't pay attention you'll miss uh and just kind of the world is very fascinating but then you've also got the central love story that's really beautiful um and then there's also the story of the like i said the immigrant daughter trying to uh make her parents proud and that kind of stuff and make their like uh their life's work kind of have meaning i guess uh continue the legacy and that kind of thing is really a really well done uh pixar movie um creed 3 Fantastic conclusion to that trilogy of films. Uh, Michael B. Jordan is really fantastic in his directorial debut. Obviously, there is Jonathan Majors in this film, who obviously has uh, taken a hit and a beating, both in the movie and in real life. Okay, um, that's what he was doing to someone else, and that's the problem. Well, his, his reputation's taken a beating. Mm. Um, but yeah, just some of the, the, the fight sequences, um, like the build-up, like just a really well told story uh really well put together uh and i'm excited to see what michael b jordan does next apparently it's going to be creed 4 um but you know i'm excited to see what it'll do outside of the creed universe in the future uh and then uh wonka paul king director of the first two panacea movies uh tells the origin story of willy wonka um a beautiful whimsical story uh with timothy chalamet as a lead uh some really sweet moments some really hilarious performances uh lots of really good looking chocolate it's a good time in the cinema um yeah just a good heartwarming movie none of it looked like those three yeah i don't my one complaint i didn't see any cows or milk in this well i don't know how much lactose is in giraffe milk good question don't know. We'll have to find out. Alright, so yeah, that's our top 10 movies of 2023. Let us know what your top 10 movies of 2023 are by going to Explosion.com slash Discord, or head on to our Twitter page by going to Explosion.com slash Twitter. <laughs> if you want to help us out here at What You Want to Watch, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or on Podchaser, leave us five stars, anyone leave five stars, or just tell people about the show, and if you've enjoyed this list or all of our best of 2023 content, over explosionarrow.com, head on over to our Kofi page at explosion.com slash supports. Thank you very much for listening, and until next time, keep watching stuff, I guess. <laughs>